0: Sobre Radio, con Tommy Ferraz. Hola, bienvenidos a un nuevo programa de Sobre Radio, el podcast para profesionales de radio. Y disculpas por el retraso. Los virus, viajes, una mudanza y otros imprevistos han hecho que esta quinta entrega tarde algo más en llegar. En los algo menos de 15 minutos de hoy hablaremos de Radio Pública. Pero antes, algunas Noticias. noticias sobre radio. Hoy es martes 22 de mayo y estas son algunas de las noticias de los últimos días. En un programa anterior, Anthony Gay, director de Real World Europe, nos contó los motivos por los que la iniciativa 30 under 30, que reconoce a profesionales de radio de menos de 30 años, fue promovida en el Reino Unido. Esta semana se han presentado también en Reino Unido los Young Arias, que premiarán el talento de los creadores de programas de radio y podcast más jóvenes en emisoras escolares, hospitales o proyectos independientes. Los organizadores de estos premios son Radio Center y Radio Academy, y los presentadores de los morning shows de Keys o BBC Radio 1 son algunos de sus embajadores. Otra semana más tenemos movimientos en la dirección de un gigante de la radio a nivel internacional. Bauer asigna a Paul Keenan el puesto de jefe de radio a nivel global, de nueva creación. Keenan, que hasta ahora era el director de publishing de Bauer en Reino Unido, pasa a ser el máximo responsable de las emisoras del grupo en Polonia, Eslovaquia, Dinamarca, Suecia, Noruega, Finlandia y Reino Unido. Y en Reino Unido seguimos. Wireless Group ha presentado esta semana su nuevo departamento de producción de audio digital al que da el nombre de Wireless Studios. Este nuevo departamento se encargará de la producción de podcast, de la creatividad, el marketing y el patrocinio de contenidos hablados para las marcas del grupo Talksport, Virgin y Talk Radio. Y creará soluciones de audio integradas para sus anunciantes. Jimmy Buckland, director estratégico del grupo, asume la dirección del nuevo departamento y Matt Hall, quien era uno de los máximos responsables de podcast de The Guardian, se incorpora como jefe de audio bajo demanda. En este programa de Sobre Radio en el que hablamos de radio pública, no podíamos olvidarnos de las movilizaciones de los trabajadores de Radio Televisión Española reclamando el desbloqueo en la renovación de la cúpula directiva del ente público. Las trabajadoras y trabajadores del grupo se manifiestan cada viernes vistiendo ropa negra, incluso durante las emisiones, y utilizando en redes sociales el hashtag Viernes Negro. Hoy, nosotros, vamos a hablar de organizaciones públicas con una misión y compromiso por el servicio público de las que, por desgracia, en España estamos muy lejos en términos de independencia, pluralismo, igualdad y libertad informativa. Mi apoyo desde aquí a los trabajadores de RTVE. Estás escuchando Sobre Radio con Tommy Ferraz. Independencia, pluralismo, igualdad y libertad informativa. Qué básico y sencillo suena, ¿verdad? Y qué lejos está algunas veces. Como he comentado en alguna ocasión, vivo en Países Bajos. No puedo evitar comparar a diario la radiotelevisión pública de este país con la de España. El modelo holandés lleva el pluralismo al extremo, si es que se puede hablar de extremos. Y es que complejidad no le falta. Además de la radiotelevisión pública, existen multitud de Omrupen, productoras o, traducido literalmente, emisoras, que representan los intereses de distintas minorías religiosas, sociales o culturales. Y entre ellas se reparten la parrilla de programación de todos los canales de televisión y radios nacionales del país. Es habitual en Holanda ver dos logos por programa, el de la marca del canal o radio y el de la productora, la OMRUP. Una locura de sistema, pero al menos podemos decir que en Países Bajos tienen muy clara la prioridad de sus medios públicos, la pluralidad y la relevancia temática para cada uno de sus grupos sociales y religiosos. Hace unos años tuve la oportunidad de reunirme con Alison Winter, directora de estudios de audiencia e investigación de BBC Radio y su equipo en las seis principales marcas de radio de la BBC. Les hice una pregunta que ya había hecho antes a otras radios públicas europeas. ¿Cómo de importante es la audiencia para vosotros? ¿Vuestra cuota de mercado en oyentes y horas de escucha? Tuve dos respuestas. La prevista, que la BBC debe dar servicio público, pero que ese compromiso es con todos los ciudadanos británicos y no solo con unos cuantos. Por tanto, el objetivo es llegar a una audiencia lo más amplia posible. Suena muy lógico, pero hay radios públicas en Europa que cuestionarían esta respuesta. Radios públicas que priorizan la necesidad de dar una oferta inexistente en la radio comercial para un público minoritario. Seguramente en este cajón podríamos meter a Radio 3 de Radio Nacional de España. Pero vuelvo a las respuestas de Alison Winter, a la no tan esperada, pero que me encantó escuchar. En BBC dijo, no queremos ser autocomplacientes, queremos ver la foto completa. El oyente joven nos está abandonando. Desde hace años, sus horas de escucha descienden de forma imparable. El futuro de la radio en el Reino Unido es responsabilidad de BBC. Necesitamos aprender sobre cómo consume audio esa audiencia. Necesitamos experimentar y seguir al oyente joven allá donde esté para recuperarlo. De los jóvenes depende el futuro de nuestro medio. Y para ello, las marcas Radio One y Radio One Extra son cruciales. Alison Winter mencionó la palabra experimentación, un concepto que es central en el caso de otra radiotelevisión pública europea, de la que vamos a conocer más en un instante. En el Voces de Radio de esta semana visitamos la VRT, la radiotelevisión pública flamenca en Bélgica. Peter de Paepe es el responsable de su sandbox y nos cuenta a continuación Qué es una sandbox, cuál es su función y el papel central de la innovación y la experimentación en VRT en su misión como organización pública. Voces de radio.
1: So the VRG Sandbox is uh, an accelerator of VRT where we work together with startups and SMEs in Flanders first of all, but uh, besides Flanders we also work together with startups in uh, in Holland in uh, Sweden, uh, so it's becoming uh, a collaboration working together with startups in whole Europe and what you try to do is we seek startups in media technology um, so startups that are working on new media tech or new ways or of uh, content telling um, and we match them directly to VRT people for three to four months that's what uh, the sandbox does if you see the startup um, at VRT is really a startup so they work besides all the brands that we have and they try to see where we can make interesting uh, content besides all the the content makers that works for other brands so the startup is a startup of vrt sandbox is a part of the innovation lab where we work together with startups and that's why some people uh, match the two but we do uh, not quite the same so they're really working on content most of the time we work on content but together with uh, some tech companies to make uh, a new way of uh, bringing content to the people there are four there are four so you have the startup you have sandbox but you also have creative lab uh, and this is also a team of about 10 people 10 12 people working on new ways of storytelling and uh, content bringing and they work Uh, in purpose of the brand so brands can ask them okay could you advise us uh, and think about some new ways of uh, online storytelling for radio 2 for example so that's the third and the fourth is yeah that's the innovation team and uh, that's the big team where well a big team it's a it, it's a team of about uh, 25 to 30 people working on big projects for two years european uh, funded projects or google dni projects um, and they're working on uh, how to use data in uh, media for example so uh, the difference bec- between these this uh, innovation lab is that they're working on projects of uh, one year and a half to two years, we're working for three, four months on new technologies that we try them out and we see, okay, how can we learn uh, on working together with these uh, new technologies and these new people who bring these new ideas inside uh, VRT. I think that uh, one of the ways that we uh, embrace innovation is that we not only see inside VRT to innovate, but we also uh, open our doors and say, okay, there are these startups, but there are also other companies where we think they do interesting stuff and we open our doors and we work together. That's one way I see that other uh, public broadcasters don't make that choice yet. So uh, it's something that we do. Uh, We also have several parts where we work on innovation. Uh, You don't have one... Uh, part of the whole uh, VRT. We are about 2,000 people. We're not one part who works on innovation. Everybody has the... Uh, everyone has to work on innovation. Really, it's it's lit- literally uh, something that people um, must do. Um, but on the other hand, we have, we have these four ways of bringing innovation into the organization. I think uh, it's a way of... Uh, innovation or bringing innovation into vrt and i think that's one of the main reasons that it's going a little bit faster than the other ones around us and it's really uh, yeah a concern to to make them and to keep them small so my team, for example is four people it's really difficult to stay at four people because we have a lot of work. But the the reason why we keep it to three, four people is because that way you are very lean. It's very easy to connect people outside to inside VRT. We're working together with all the brands, TV, radio, online. Um, and we have this fear, these four uh, parts of VRT where we work on innovation. So my team is a small team. Startup is also a team of two, three people. Then you have this creative lab, 10 people. So you see, it's really small groups. Um, let them work on innovation and, and bring them new styles of content making. Um, and it's easy, more easy for them to react when there comes something new. If you have a big ship that you have to turn. I don't have to explain it, but it's much uh, more difficult to um, make everybody change in a new direction. What what we preach is uh, fail forward. Uh, so that means that we try things out. And uh, of the 10 uh, collaborations with startups, maybe three or four will be successful, and six others will be waste of time. Uh, that means that as an organization, you choose for doing that. It's not really efficient to do, but if you know that the three things that you do will be innovative and will bring you much further, then I think it's an interesting way of looking at uh, things. So we don't see uh, failure as a, a real mistake. I think it's, it's really necessary to, to, to dare to fail uh, because it's the only way to, to, to go forward. If you make radio, it has to go fast. And if you go very, very fast, you don't have the time, you don't take the time, you can't get the time to fail. And so that's uh, a good question. How can um, you integrate some time to make it possible to fail? And I think that is uh, maybe... Failure is a little bit more into attitude into the attitude of people who make radio. But... Um, it, it always stays a very, very um, difficult question. How can people get time to let failure have a place of their production uh, way of production things? What you feel is that startups are really small teams, two, three, four people. They have uh, a lot of ambition. They have a lot of energy that they bring inside your organization, and they have most of the time good ideas. Not always new ideas, because often the same ideas are already in your organization. But there you're a little bit stuck in the structure. Also there, people don't have time to realize their um, the things they're dreaming of or they want to build. And uh, what we find together with startups and SMEs, it's not only startups, also SMEs. There we find okay the willingness of people. They have yeah. they have a new ID. They 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 uh, have already uh, a little. Uh, Uh, thing that they can show but what they really want is to try it out with an audience and what we have is the audience so what we do is we just pull it in for three or four months we test it out we learn something they learn something hopefully their product will be better after these four months Um, and then they can uh, work together with VRT or otherwise they go to a European market and they can sell their product there Does that mean that we don't ever work with uh, big organizations like IBM or Google or um, Sennheiser? No, we do, but um, that's not the main focus. What we really want to do here is uh, work together with these startups to bring innovation inside VRT, but also because we're a public um, broadcaster. It's our duty to help these startups in Flanders to grow and to scale through Europe. And you know that scaling is a big problem for uh, starters in Flanders and also in other countries. So that's why we're building now a network also of media players in Europe. So we can help these startups to work together with VRT. And after that, that they can easily uh, scale through uh, Europe or even uh, go out and and, and go and sell uh, in
0: America or uh, elsewhere. Sobre radio. Muchas gracias por escuchar el programa de hoy. Si tienes algún comentario sobre Radio Pública, por favor, entra en SobreRadio.com y compártelo. Gracias y hasta el próximo programa.